Hey there, I'm Andrew Ainsworth, a proud supporter of Sword and Laser, thanks to Patreon.com. It's easy to set up, and what do you get out of it? Endless geeky bantering about the latest sci-fi and fantasy books. So if you want to help out, head over to Patreon.com slash Sword and Laser. Give a little, and get a lot of Veronica mispronouncing things. Hey everyone, welcome to the Sword and Laser. I'm Veronica Belmont. And I'm Tom Merritt. Sword and Laser is a book club, but it's so much more. We bring you author interviews, news from the world of science fiction and fantasy, and of course, awesome discussions from fans just like you. And this week, I'm drinking the tears of my enemies because my new audiobook, Project Vera, is out! Project Veronica. I'll, I'll be honest, Vera is named a little bit after you. <gasps> really? Yeah. I was just being self-centered. It was it was a combination of of uh, Vera, the producer of Doctor Who, and Veronica. I was like, oh, that's kind of a fun double entendre there. I'll I'll just keep I'll make that the name. Well, now I have to read it. Mm. You haven't read it yet, then. <laughs> I haven't read it yet. I'm sorry. <laughs> uh, anyway, Project Vera. Real quickly, I won't take we won't take up too much of your time with this, but it's uh, uh, fiction. Secret, uh, a secret valley civilization has been influencing world events uh, throughout all time, and suddenly they're run into a, a problem. They need an analyst in New York, a young woman named Vera, to help them because apparently the problem is her brother. So she has to decide: does she trust mm, them? Mm-hmm. Does she want to help them or not? Uh, it is made available as an audiobook. Serving Worlds produced it, so it has multiple voices, a little bit of you know audio texture to it. Not exactly a radio play. Uh, but uh, you can check it out at tomsnewbook.com. Tom, I'm going to use a credit to purchase it on audible.com, even though you sent me a copy. <laughs> I was going to say, so that I can use the code I gave you for to get it for free for someone else. Yes. <laughs> well, I'm trying to support you because... <laughs> thank you. No, thank you. I appreciate that. Purchase complete. There oh, you go. At, you did it right then? That's amazing. I did it right then, yeah, because yeah. I clicked on the link to tomsnewbook.com. Listen, uh, this book sounds way better than it has any right to, thanks to Serving Worlds, uh, and uh, particularly the the lead voices, Joanna Gaskell and Kareem Cronfly. Uh, they did an amazing job with it. So well, I, congrats to you. Oh, congrats thanks. Congrats to you. Yeah. You were so prolific. I, You're like our very own John Scalzi. Gosh, I wish. <laughs> I mean, bottom line-wise. <laughs> <laughs> You mean like 13 book publishing deal wise? <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, that'd, that'd be cool. Be, that'd be sick. Yeah. <laughs> it'd, be like, it'd be nice to be more like John in that way. Yeah. Uh, also, he's just an awesome human being. So that too. Well, you are like in that way. Oh, thanks. You're too kind. I'm really happy for you. Um, it's very exciting. I feel like every I feel like every six months I'm like, Tom, I'm so proud of you. You did it again. You published another book. <laughs> You're so great. Every month. On every the- month. <laughs> <laughs> all right well that that's super awesome tom's new check it out uh let's hop into the quick burns john taloni uh noticed that gail Carriger's latest book ambush or adore is now ready Ooh. for pre-order with an expected release date of october 1st here is the announcement 
Ambush Orador is the story of Agatha Woosmoss, a.k.a. the Wallflower, London's best and most covert spy. Agatha's greatest skill is in her ability to go forever unnoticed, <laughs> except <laughs> by one man. Oh, ho, ho, ho. That would be Oxford professor Pillover Plumley Tengmott. That is the best name. I'm probably not even saying it right. He's tried to ignore his training as an evil genius and live a quiet life away from politics and intrigue. But when an assignment goes horribly wrong, Agatha must hide and heal. So he goes or so she goes to ground with the only person who's always kept her safe. <gasps> Pillover. Oh, I am always excited for new Gail Carriger. So this is uh, is right up my alley. This is apparently this is very much like my speed, like anything by Gail Carriger. I'm loving the book we're reading right now. Like, I I think I have a, a certain like a Regency Victorian, Regency Victorian kind of steampunk aesthetic, like Uh that kind of vibe, even though this book, even though our book current pick is not steampunk, it's still like, it just feels if there's petticoats and shit, like I'm like, (laughs) I'm all about it. Well, yeah, yeah. I, I've mentioned before what a big fan of Jane Austen I am, so I, I kind of dig that vibe too. So I'm, I, I always love Gail Carriger stuff for that reason, and am digging this month's uh, book pick as well. I've never read any Jane Austen. You don't have to, but she's amazing. Okay. Well, I feel like I should. The, we can't so pick much it of what I enjoy is derivative. Genre, it's not genre fiction, so I won't be picking. I know. It. Well, if we read Pride and Prejudice and Zombies. Would that be close enough? I mean, yes, it's close, but you kind of appreciate it more if you've read Pride and Prejudice, is all I'm saying. Okay. Maybe I'll make it a twofer for Halloween this year. Just, yeah, read one page of each, alternating. (laughs) It'd be kind of sad if it was just a a one-for-one copy, except they just add zombie after everyone's name. (laughs) Could they they produce an interleafed version where every- Darcy zombie. (laughs) And that's just the only difference. Is that no, even Mr. the right Darcy character? Zombie. Do not eat me, Mr. Darcy Zombie. That's the right guy in the right book, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're doing well. Boom. Cultural references, yo. <laughs> Got them. All right. Mark says, here are the 2021 Dragon Award finalists. There are many Dragon Award categories and finalists. A couple of finalists are past Sword and Laser picks, including Piranesi for Best Fantasy Novel and Alatsue for Best Young Adult Middle Grade Novel. And anyone can vote. Yeah, so of course they do Best Science Fiction Novel, Best Fantasy Novel, uh, but they also do Military Science Fiction or Fantasy, Alternate History, Media Tie-In, Horror, Comic Book, Graphic Novel, TV Series, Movie, etc., uh, but yeah, the best science fiction novel nominees are Machine by Elizabeth Baer, Ready Player Two by Ernest Cline, Attack Surface by Cory Doctorow, A Desolation Called Peace by R. Katie Martine, Black Sun by Rebecca Roanhorse, The Ministry of the Future by Kim Stanley Robinson, and Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. Mm, and best fantasy novel, including Paranormal, uh, are Battleground by Jim Butcher, Piranesi, as we said, by Susanna Clark, Once and Future Witches by Alex E. Harrow, Rhythm of War by Brandon Sanderson, the Invisible Life of Addie LaRue, which is amazing by V.E. Schwab and Dead Lies Dreaming by Charles Strauss. Good lineup there. Of course, if, if you don't realize, the Dragon Awards are part of Dragon Con, uh, so they go along with that. Also, Mark wanted us to note that Nuns in Space are back. As nuns of February... and Space? No, Nuns in Space. Nuns in Space. Yeah. They are back in space. February 2022, Tor.com announced the follow-up to Sisters of the Vast Black by Lena Rather called We Lit the Spark. 
Sisters of the Forsaken Stars by Lena mm. Rather. I'm not familiar with this series. Me either. This looks hmm. amazing. Nuns in space. I'm in. Oh, Are it's just called nuns? Sisters of the Forsaken Stars. I, I don't know why We Lit the Spark is in quotes in the title of this uh, Tor.com article. Probably because I haven't read the book. <laughs> um, so they're not singing nuns? They're just regular space nuns? Haven't read the book. Maybe some of them sing. No Maybe. idea. Yeah. Maybe. Silvana says Amazon's Lord of the Rings series will debut September 2022, so a good year and some odd months until the Lord of the Rings series uh, comes out. It's as of yet named, um, so we don't have a title for the series yet, but they have completed production on the first season, so that's done. The hard work is done. Now they just have to name the thing. <laughs> it's all visual finish effects. editing, yeah. all the VFX, and get that puppy out into the world. Yeah, that, that means they, they have a lot of VFX work uh, that they need to do. I'm sure they'll get it done. Uh, but yeah, that's a, that's a long time for post-production. Uh, that, that's, that's crazy. So hopefully this thing looks amazing because of that. Yeah. The series is widely expected, according to Tor.com, uh, to be set in Numenor, uh, Tolkien's Middle-Earth equivalent of Atlantis, alongside Sauron's rise to power amidst the age, uh, the end of which we saw in the opening minutes of Peter Jackson's, uh, Jackson's The Fellowship of the Ring. Um, along the way, it looks as though we'll see some familiar locations, like Rivendell and the Misty Mountains. Mm. Um, also, it, it probably is pretty awesome because it's already been renewed for a second season. Yeah, a lot of the streaming services do that if they're feeling good, if they're liking mm -hmm. what they're seeing. So, they, yeah, it's a nice vote of confidence there. It usually means, like, they need to approve the budget now if they want to stay on schedule. And so they decide, like, yep, we're, we're, we're feeling confident enough. We'll go ahead and approve that budget. I enjoy having you on the show for many reasons. Mm, um, thank you. One of, the, one of the primary reasons, not primary, no, definitely deeply secondary. Is one of beard. the deeply secondary reasons is your vast understanding of streaming services and oh, the world yeah. they're in. No, that, that, and that, that is only because I do cord killers with yeah. Brian Brushwood. It's just like, yeah. I, it's just in there. So, you but know, it's, it's extremely helpful to help me understand. It's a nice side benefit of doing that. <laughs> totally. Yeah. Uh, well, thanks. Uh, you're just full of compliments today. You know, it's, it's great to be with you. Thanks. You're a joy to podcast with. I know. And, and I mean that. Thank you. Well, I'm being I'm feeling very nice because Tom Tom was very kind and <laughs> I was putting the baby to bed and it was taking a really long time. And so he did my bulk of the uh, show rundown tonight. Um, and so that was really nice. Oh, I had time. It was not a big deal. Uh, Chris did some of our work for us. He posted the <laughs> story. all these people did some of our work for <laughs> us. Uh, so Ted Fields and the production company Radar Pictures, speaking of Amazon, are working on Amazon's Wheel of Time series and apparently have acquired the rights to Mercedes Lackey's Valdemar series uh, with the eye towards making a series out of it, making a TV show. You know, I've never read Mercedes Lackey. You You have. Because we read one Mercedes for Lackey. this podcast. For this. Yes, that's right. What did we read? Don't to do the that. wiki. To the wiki. I can't remember the name of it. Are you sure? Yes. Uh, no, I'm absolutely sure because I remember when I worked at Half Price Books, uh, <laughs> Mercedes Lackey was something that I just like would sell like crazy, and it, it had a, a super cult following. Um, and, and, and so I, I was like always fascinated with it, but I never took the time to read it. Uh, and I, I'm, Oh, we sure did. Look at that. Arrows All right. of the queen. Arrows of the queen. 
The 79th to be fair, Sword and Laser. That was seven years ago. Almost seven oh, years ago. Gosh, really? Yeah. Wow. That was December of 2015. I was in my 40s back then. Ah, uh, youth. <laughs> I was so much younger then. I'm older <laughs> than that. Um, I love you guys for putting together this book list. This is so amazing. Yeah, it, we we like live and breathe off that list. Thank you for doing that, Wiki people. It's really long. <laughs> um, it's super long. All right. Uh, coming up next, we have a Kickstarter roundup. And kicking things off in our Kickstarter roundup is Ruth, who says that Apex Magazine, uh, for which yours truly is a slush reader, awesome, is running a Kickstarter for next year. Ruth says, I think four of six planned issues are now funded. The Kickstarter runs for another fortnight. That's two weeks for our American friends. So there's still time to back it and help fund the remaining issues and unlock the stretch goals. Oh, and then uh, the other Kickstarter in the Kickstarter roundup is from Jan. Uncanny Magazine has launched their new Kickstarter campaign to support Uncanny Magazine Year 8. Fly to the future, space unicorns. (laughs) And while they already reached their funding goal, you can still help to reach the stretch goal for this year, which includes new cover art, pay bumps for the editors, and flash fiction for each issue. That sounds fun. Oh, and this bit of news I was turbo, turbo excited about. Turbo excited. Um, and I did think I learned I learned about it from Jan, I believe, in the Discord channel. Um, but it's also here in Goodreads. Jan says, Tor.com has announced new additions to Tamsin Mears, the Locked Tomb Trilogy series, which, of course, already contains Gideon the Ninth and Hera the Ninth. Nona the Ninth will be published mm-hmm. in fall 2022. And the already planned uh, Electo the Ninth will then follow in fall 2023. <gasps> so no longer a trilogy. It is now a quadrilogy. <sighs> Quadralis. It's a series. <laughs> a quantent. <laughs> 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 so um it's more than three um exactly so i'm i'm super stoked i mean the more qu- books i can get <laughs> my is listening to us in discord is like quartet that's that's just quartet oh it's a quartet yeah oh that's, that's oh. right thank you <laughs> thanks <Hamome. laughs> thank you for that Uh, And then uh, Mark uh, pointed out the Dune bookends uh, that are available in a limited sale, showing off Denis Villeneuve's take on the sandworm. Yes, uh, two sandworms uh, draped in golden sand, $150 available for pre-order now, but there's only 2,000 sets. I don't know. They might even be out by now. It's been around for a few days. They are. Looks like you can still order them. I mean, it's intense. It's intense. It's Um, the worm. Yeah. It's the. And it kind of looks like it has angel wings, but I think that's just sand kicking. No, that's just the sand. It's like this. It's like one. It's like the worm diving into the sand on one half and the worm emerging from the sand in the other half. Exactly. So as though it were diving into your books and emerging out the other side. $150. That's. I really do want these, but I don't know it's if I want them. It's not on sale until September 3rd. Yeah, you have to pre-order now. Ah, So okay. you can buy it. You won't get it until September 3rd. I wonder if the Dune Pod guys are going to buy these. I feel like if they weren't so expensive, I would like buy them for them. But Oh, like, yeah, that'd be nice. But they're a little if spendy. If they were like $25. <laughs> they're like, yeah, 
<laughs> I think, you know, if, even if they were like fifty dollars, sure, like, I think okay. they would be All the right. people I know who would most appreciate them. Um, but yeah, that's a lot of money for I bookends. Mean, I may or may not be buying them right now, but yeah, that's a <laughs> lot of money. Well, you know, you've got the you've got like the bookshelves behind you. They'd make a really good set piece. I get it. I get it. Maybe a <laughs> little a out of place in my current background. Expense. Are you gonna use no? Mm, mm. Yeah, sure. You know what? Yes, Tom. It is a business expense. I mean, it could be a business expense for Daily Tech News Show too, because they go in the background. That's true. That's true. It's a set piece. <laughs> Anywho, they're super cool. Um, super intense. Super cool. I don't think I'm gonna buy them, but if you're gonna buy them, I can't wait to see them. Um, so I don't, I shouldn't pay $60 for overnight delivery. No, I'm definitely not doing that. <laughs> <laughs> My God. It's like half the price of them. All right. Thank you to everyone who submitted stories for this week's quick burns. Uh, you can do so for the future episodes by heading over to sword and laser. Nope. Nope. Goodreads.com slash sword and laser and jumping into our quick burns thread. Um, now it is time for barrier sword, which is our feedback from the audience. And we have another Twitter review with Beth Mitchum. Who's listening right now. Oh, that's even a little more awkward than I just made <laughs> I a shouldn't have told you that. I'm sorry. <laughs> All <laughs> right. Consider Phlebas, Ian M. Banks. Antihero questions. Is it better to murder and betray people to save your own life or because you are serving an ideal? Does your answer change if you succeed? If you fail? P.S. Not for lunchtime reading. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Beth, you're amazing. I don't know how you do it. Yep. Every well time. Done. It's yeah. good. It's spot on. Like we should just make these <laughs> the official descriptions of these books. But she has to read them first. I know. I know. So it'd, have, it'd be post, but in the wiki, maybe. In the wiki. Oh, yeah. <gasps> we should mm-hmm. have a wiki page with all of her reviews. Exactly. That'd be awesome. And all Tomahomey right. has done some too, or was it, I think it was Tomahomey. Sure. Well, no, I think you're right. And a few other people uh, have have tried their hand at the uh, have gotten into the game. Yeah. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. No, Tomahome did a Phlebas one. There you go. See, perfect. Oh, sweet. Uh, Drake Tungsten's archive listen continues. Drake has been listening to all the back episodes of Sword and Laser and then commenting as uh, they go. Episode 325, writes Drake, takes a hard left turn at 21 minutes, 15 seconds. Uh-oh. Veronica, tentacle sex. I'm kind of into that. <laughs> Tom, Uh (laughs) is that the whiskey talking? Veronica, no, you haven't read Cthulhu Rotica? And then we (laughs) apparently had a discussion about hentai and traveling to Japan. It was a different time. It was a different time. You know, it was was a different uh, person. Less than 100 episodes Back in the vaginal fantasies day. That was the vaginal fantasy host talking at that point. Yeah. 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 I mean, no shame in that game. I will not. Absolutely not. No. Stink on anyone's kink. Mm-hmm. Or my own previous kinks, or maybe current kinks, or just you know, interests or hobbies. Mm-hmm. Not gonna shame anyone's game. Yeah, I'm not gonna chunk at anyone's funk. No, not gonna pee on anyone's <laughs> squee. <laughs> I'm not going to roy on anyone's joy. <laughs> I'm not sure that one worked. Close. Close, but no cigar. Nope. Um, yeah, I am amused by by Drake's uh, archival. Listen, it does it 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 amuses me so. He he 
Drake has a way of identifying the thing I am least likely to remember having said. It's like it's it's genius. And so it's always extra entertaining. And a way of finding the the most <laughs> wildly uncomfortable things that I have ever said. Um, yeah, so Tomahome says that Veronica has a cocky king kind of handsomeness. Yeah, so remember there was the Tom has a such and such kind of handsomeness. So this is it's your turn. You have a khaki king kind of handsomeness. And if you watch khaki king uh, playing guitar, it's you. Yeah, OK, I see it. <laughs> I don't look that badass. Oh yeah! Wow. Okay. Uh huh. Yeah. yeah. I was a guitar virtuoso, air guitar um, champion. Perhaps. You know, I have to say, and I will say this publicly uh, in this in this safe space of the internet. Um, so once upon a time, I was the air guitar champion of the internet. That was the mm-hmm. thing uh, that mm-hmm. happened. Um, I don't think I won it fairly. Really? I went back and I saw uh, Mickey Krimmel's um, Smells Like Teen Spirit air guitar video, silent mm-hmm. air guitar video. And yo, that that video was sick. Like that should have won. And I think it was only because I had more Twitter followers at the time that I I won that competition. <laughs> and I think it was a I think it was a popularity. It turned into a popularity contest. And yeah. I am here to publicly state that Mickey Krimmel's silent air guitar entry for Smells Like Teen Spirit was way better than my air guitar video. There you have it, folks. Uh, a stunning admission from Veronica Belmont. It's taken me 15 years, but, On the you know. 20, 2006 air guitar <laughs> championships. <laughs> <laughs> what took you so long, Belmont? I'm just, because I, I forgot about it. Because <laughs> <laughs> I forgot it happened. <laughs> that's why that's the whole reason uh also uh we have great uh, conversations going on in the discord pm gordon said i'm thinking of getting a kobo i've heard pretty good reviews and a mendes replied i ordered one after hearing an interview with the head of kobo on reading glasses he's really passionate about what he does and it reminded me to be more thoughtful about where i get my stuff yeah Currently in the middle of chapter eight of the audiobook Love the Language. The narrator is excellent. I agree with Brent. I'm having a great time with it and will probably incorporate some of the vocab daintitudinous into my everyday <laughs> lexicon. Awesome. That's cool. Uh, they, of course, chapter eight of the audiobook referring to our book of the month, The Ruthless Lady's Guide to Wizardry by C.M. Wagner. Yeah, let's talk about the book. Um, this is obviously a still like mid-month kind of check-in situation, so this will not be spoilery to the best of our abilities. Um, but yeah, do you want to do you want to jump into some first impressions and then we can uh, pick up on the on the forum threads? Yeah, absolutely. I love this book. I'm done with it. I've made I I made things. Have I've vacuumed the house because of this book? I adored it. Uh, I will brook no. Uh, disrespect to Delhi and her world. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I know it's not going to be for everybody, but man, I just, I really got taken by this and and had a blast. It is my thing. I kind of do love this style. I know mm-hmm. that the, the overwrought Victorian language put some people off. Uh, whereas I chalked that up in the positive side of like, oh, cool. They're talking like that. Love it. Uh, and I have a lot of experience with reading that kind of thing, so it didn't throw me off at all. I think it might actually play a little better in the audiobook than reading in print. Yeah, frankly. yeah. I'll, yeah. I will get to that. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, overall, um, 
it's not the most complicated story in the world. As mysteries go, it wasn't like a super shocker, but it kept me guessing. I was very curious, like what was going on with actual characters. We had a nice turn of events that made some characters that were maybe looking like they might be a little shallow in the early uh, part become d- deep in the later part. Mm-hmm. Uh, like I said, like we said, all non-spoilery, but uh, yeah, I, uh, I, I was pleased and Kept expecting it to turn dark, and while it got kind of dark, actually ended up being very, very light. Uh, even even without turning away from the darkness, it didn't wallow in it. Yeah, um, I agree. I basically agree with you on all points so far. I, I finished finished it today. I listened to the audiobook, and I too, my house is sparkless, sparkless, sparkling. Sparkling. No, your house Sparkling? is very sparkful. Sparkful. And as far Spark- as what's the, the word product, I'm thinking of? Your 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 house is spotless. 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 Yeah. My house is spotless because I spent a lot of time listening to this audiobook mm-hmm. and and cleaning and taking the dogs on a lot of walks and volunteering to do those kinds of activities. And washing dishes and emptying the dishwasher and basically cleaning bottles and pretty much anything I get my hands cleaning on. Bottles, to, wow, yeah, yeah. To like, to like, listen. Um, we have a whole new bed of uh, mulch in the front yard really? because of this book. <laughs> nice. <laughs> um, so yeah, I I, ha- I have been enjoying it. Enjoyed it thoroughly. Um, so I, I am looking forward to being able to, to talk about it more thoroughly in, in the weeks to come um, and kind of do some discussion on the on the themes and the plot. Um, but, yeah, let's hop into uh, some of the first impressions uh, from Pumpkin Stew, who said, God love that deli wells, but the Victorian mockney ain't off distracting me something chronic. <laughs> he says up to chapter six feels like there may be a mystery afoot. My money's on one of the toffs being a nefarious mustache twirling type. <laughs> uh, so I like that uh, they are taking it in the spirit in which it is intended uh, and saying, well, it threw me off, but getting in the spirit of it. Uh, Ruth, a little ways farther down in that same thread, said, I've reached chapter nine, about a third of the way through the book, and it's a fun enough adventure story with a bit of a slow burn romantic subplot. But as Aubrey says above, I'm not feeling especially motivated to pick it up and keep reading. Aw. So there you go. Not it's not capturing everybody. We still love you, mm-hmm. Ruth. Oh man. Yeah. I I the first chapter, I think I too was like, is it gonna be like this the whole time? And it's not. It like it it comes in and out of the story. <laughs> See, to um, me, that's that to me it's is it gonna be like this the whole time? Oh, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. So it takes all kinds, takes all kinds. Um, but yeah, I, I have been saying like relifting in oh, my, yeah. uh-huh. in like my day to day, Tom, Tom basically sent me an entire text message the other day that was just in, <laughs> and in I world. forget what they call it. Yeah. In world. Exactly. In the tongue of the world. Um, so I like this kind of, it's kind of like faux London and also faux Cockney, um, Mockney as, as pumpkin mm-hmm. stew said. Yeah. Um, so yeah, it was, it, it was, it was very entertaining. And, um, I think the audiobook really helped because it was hearing it versus reading it, I think helped me understand it better. Mm-hmm. Um, and also 
it was more noticeable when she jumped into it versus when she was was speaking regularly or speaking to. There were like three different voices that Delaria uses. Yeah. There's like there's like the kind of like gutter speak when she like refers to herself as like a gutter witch. Mm-hmm. There's like her normal voice, how she kind of like has her internal monologue and, and speaks to to normal folks. And then there is the way she talks to people she considers her betters, yeah. like clanners, for example, where she says like miss a lot and is like, mm-hmm. well, miss, you know, I could do that miss, but I don't know. What do you think about that miss? Or I don't, wouldn't want to offend miss. <laughs> yes. Veronica Belmont begging your pardon, Veronica Belmont, but I yeah. noticed that too, Veronica Belmont. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and so I noticed those like, and she kind of flows in and out of those different patterns, depending on the situation. She code switches. It's a, totally. it's, it's a, totally. it's a really yeah. natural depiction of code switching your speech. To mm-hmm. the point that um, I'm trying to decide if this is too spoilery or not, but there is a point in the book, I won't say when, where she even talks with someone else who's on her same social station that she grew up with mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm. and notes that they're like kind of laying it on thick, even though they don't yes. normally talk yeah. that that way. So which is something you'll you will do like. You know, if, if you're like trying to to prove your street cred, uh, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. uh, or set yourself I, are apart yeah, yeah. or like otherness. Yeah. Kind of like putting up a a, mm-hmm. a, a wall against others. Yeah. Um, yeah. So definitely for some people, I can I can totally understand why it would take some getting used to or might not be their thing. Um, but I, I got used to it and I enjoyed it. I think the best thing comes at the very end of this thread, at least at the end right now, as we're looking at it, Kenny wrote, definitely not something I would have read on my own, but I enjoyed it for the most part. Not a huge fan of romance in general, but I guess the subplots were pretty interesting and buttons was great. Oh, buttons. (laughs) Uh, I have way more to say about buttons when we could be spoilery, but yeah, a hundred percent on buttons, Kenny. Bong. Bong. (laughs) Bing. Bing. Bong. Um, that should just be the name of the episode. Bong. <laughs> bong. <laughs> um, Jan says, uh, I have just started and I wanted to say, I don't know if the, is this Jan Jan or is this a different Jan? Yes, Jan. In fact, change, Jan got in trouble for, change, for changing the avatar where somebody's like, ah, I didn't know it was you at first. <laughs> Change your branding, off. Jan. Breaking me out. Um, Jan says, I've just started and I just want to say that I was positively surprised that this Victorian fantasy novel was not actually set in a version of the real world, but seems to be more like those medieval or Renaissance inspired settings where it's set in a completely different world. At least it seems to be that way for me at the beginning of chapter three. And while we did have those Victorian-inspired fantasy settings before that were not set on Earth, I always have to overcome this hurdle of seeing the fantasy setting as England or London, a problem I don't have with more traditional fantasy. Do you have the same problem that you expect fantasy novels of this kind to be set in a version of Earth? And if so, why do you think that's the case here and not for a setting inspired by Renaissance Italy or medieval England? Yeah, this is uh, that's a really interesting question because this this is definitely the same thing as uh, a fantasy world that's borrowing all the medieval uh, medieval Europe uh, imagery, you know, knights on horses and all of that that stuff. Uh, but this one is borrowing uh, is borrowing early industrial Victorian London. Uh, and that's and, why it feels like I want it to feel steampunk, even though it yeah. is not steampunk 
that said, I loved that it wasn't steampunk. I loved yeah. that difference. And I loved that it wasn't London. So I didn't have to sit here thinking like, oh, wait, do I know where that is? Uh, has, is that something that's in another book I've read? It's like, oh, I'm free. Like, I don't know this world at all. So her neighborhood, there, there's not going to be anything I recognize in it, which was freeing to me. You know what kind of annoys me in, in fantasy novels sometimes? And this is, I'm noticing more in, I'm reading The Priory of the Orange Tree um, uh-huh. also right now in on Kindle. And they do this in that book. And I also recognized it in the, um, the like, the Jade novels. Um, Fondalee? That we, yeah, the Fondalee novels. Mm-hmm. Um, I get annoyed sometimes when authors... The Greenbone mm. Saga. Thank you. Um, make parallels, like really noticeable parallels to cultures or countries in our world mm. and just mm-hmm. kind of like rename them. Mm-hmm. But like the physical characteristics of the people are the same and the language is kind of the same and the names are kind of similar in in like style or grammar. And it, it it's not that it feels lazy. It's just like I just spend so much time like comparing apples to apples and oranges to oranges and being like, oh, this is supposed to be the Middle East or, oh, this is supposed to be like continental Asia. Um, And it kind of takes me out of it. But I don't know how you fix that. Because like (laughs) one thing about uh, the Greenbone saga is that Kuang Lun isn't anything. Mm -hmm. It borrows from Hong Kong and Taiwan and Vietnam and mainland China. And so and Fonda Lee has said this in in interviews, I believe uh, that there isn't a direct parallel. She's borrowing concepts and bringing them over. Um, and and so you you it would drive you even more crazy if you're trying to match it up and go, well, well wait, is this supposed to be And I did Shanghai? that. You know, I yeah, did that. Yeah. Totally did that. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And, and maybe that's just a, it, it's a me problem. It's not them, it's me. Um, but it, it always throws me off. And I am obsessed with the Priory of the Orange Tree. Like, I'm uh-huh. super enjoying this book. And that's the one thing that I keep noticing a little bit is is locations feeling like they're supposed to be places well and, and have the same setting honestly and tone it was and, a relief when i heard that greenbone saga was not trying to be a parallel right mm-hmm. in a way that um golden compass is a par- is a parallel right and very very avowedly is like it has an and england this is clearly and, you know, a parallel has a pope yeah. and all of that stuff uh so so it, it's sort of a relief i never felt like ruthless lady's guide was trying to be a parallel it was just a city it was just a city like London, but it wasn't trying to be London. It wasn't like, mm-hmm. oh, this is the mm-hmm. West End. And, the you know, mm-hmm. even though it's got a West End like place, I, I wasn't I never felt like, oh, it's I, I need to figure out what she's saying now. It was again, like like Jan saying, it was very much like in a medieval story where I wouldn't try to think like, OK, is he trying to be Henry the second here? Like it's, you know, mm-hmm. you just go like, oh, wizards got it done. Got it. Um, and then finally, John Taloni uh, has a post called Class Structure and Romance. Um, class structure is an interesting component of the novel. Delaria makes no bones about being low status and embraces the lifestyle. Um, she, uh, We could discuss that. Um, she has her place in that world society, and the servants of the world certainly judge those above them in the social hierarchy, not just griping, but economic. The footman, hard times, hard times. Um, the footman in the country house complains that, wait, is that from something else I was watching? Or is that hard times from this book? When people say hard times? No, they say it in this book. I they think say, you're that's right. in this book. I think you're right. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. 
The footman in the country house complains that the owners are too full of high-minded causes and don't know how to run a household. It means that the family members are squandering resources, which affects everyone, including the servants. An aristocrat, uh, aristocrat, not an, arist- an aristocrat. <laughs> Those were lefting aristocrats. An aristocrat functioning well in their place takes care of the entire household to the benefit of servants as well as blood relatives. What does this mean for romance? And then there's spoilers that we yeah, won't get we can't into. read the rest of it because spoilers. But um, maybe, maybe I think. And I'm bringing in a lot of other baggage when I say this from other things I've read. I took the footman to be one of those Victorian era characters who feels secure in their place and their station. Not all people did. I'm not, you know, I'm not painting with a broad brush, but there was a kind of person who felt very secure and superior to the aristocrats. Like Mr. Mosley. Mr. Mosley is a great example of that, right? Somebody who's like, I'm not worried about losing my position. Uh, I'm very good at what I do. And therefore, I'm, I am feeling superior to those above me. I'm not saying I should be in charge. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I should run the house like the, the owners. I'm just saying I know my business. And that's what the footman struck me as that. Not as a, they're harming me by wasting resources, but, you know, I've been doing this for a long time. <sighs> These new nobles, they know nothing. You know, mm-hmm, uh, mm-hmm, I, fe- mm-hmm. I felt like it was that sort of thing. Not my place to change it, but as a footman, <laughs> I've been around the block a few times. So. But I have observed yeah. in my professional capacity. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. um, and and then, that, then to Delaria uh, embracing her lifestyle, I think this book does an excellent job of, of painting how complicated your socioeconomic status is. Everybody wants to improve their status. Everybody fears improving their status or maybe in Delaria's case and others, uh, fears not being able to justify an improvement in status. Maybe they don't deserve an improvement in status. And we get the whole range of all of that in this book, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. Well, that kind of wraps up this episode. Um, super enjoyed the book. We will, uh, you know, finish discussing uh, the full spoilery contents of the book in the next episode. Um, I think there's a next book out already. If my, if my audible is, is, is doing me right already um, and, and recommending. So you mean the, the sequel to ruthless lady? Yeah. You know, I am. That's why I'm being quiet. I know. <laughs> I don't have anything to fill the time with because we're at the end the of the book episode. Is standalone, so I'm just wait. It contains some details here and there that are shared with the book Unnatural Magic. Ah, okay. All right. Yeah. I it looked like a sequel based on the right. cover, but it sounds like it's not. Oh, okay. Well, that's too bad. But I'll probably read the other I one like anyway. Deli. Me too. And I want to hear what happens next. Um, and I also want to thank Y'all, our patrons, thank you so much for helping to fund the show. If you want to help support us, you can head over to patreon.com slash sword and laser. And I have to say that was not my best segue. And I apologize for that. If you would like to make it up to Veronica, uh, Mm. you can support the show by buying Mm -hmm. books through our links. Find links Mm -hmm. to the books we talk about and some of our favorites at swordandlaser.com slash picks. 
Send us an email at feedback at swordandlaser.com. We are on Instagram and Twitter at Sword and Laser. And all of our discussions happen over on goodreads.com slash swordandlaser. Join in on the discussion. And we will see you next time. Bye. The left and then. Bong. Visit frogpants.com. Audio program so good, it's like you're there.